John Stewart is back at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, it's Michael Costa from The Daily Show on Comedy Central. Ever wonder what happens behind the scenes or want to catch some extended interviews? Well, now you can. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast for full episodes, extended content, and a whole lot more. The Daily Show Ears Edition is available wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Comedy Central. Hey guys, Tom Takar here with a little bonus episode of Stand Up with Tom Takar for your weekend. I hope you're holding up all right. We're doing a bonus episode because I wanted to tell you about Comedy Central premiering a great documentary this very weekend about stand-up comedy tomorrow. That is Sunday, April 12th at 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Central, uh, and it is called This Is Stand Up. I can tell you right now, if you like this show, you're going to love This Is Stand Up because it is a comedy nerd's dream and a comic's dream, I think. Especially if you're new to comedy, this thing is so informative and so thorough. It's it's really good. I watched it twice this week so that I could pull some clips for you guys to hear and so that I could tell you all about it. And this thing's star-studded, man. If if you're a comedy fan, you are, you're going to be in heaven because this thing stars comics like Kevin Hart and not even like Kevin Hart. They got Kevin Hart. It's not even a guy who's like him. It's him. Uh, They got Jerry Seinfeld. Gary Shandling was in it. So this was recorded. It took them five years to record it. And you can tell by how in depth they go. But uh, yeah, Gary Shandling is a part of it. Tiffany Haddish, Cedric, the entertainer, Beth Stelling, Theo Vaughn, Maria Bamford, Jessica Kearson, Taylor Tomlinson, D.L. Hewley, Jim Norton. It's its crazy. Bill Bellamy, uh, Keenan Ivory Waynes. It's so many. I can't even name them all because there's so many that come up throughout this thing. They, it's its, it's going to be a two-hour doc. That's this Sunday, tomorrow if you're listening, the day this comes out. And it's really impressive how much work they did. They traveled all over to make this thing. I, I really liked being able to – I guess – because I'm not able to do comedy at clubs right now, it was really cool to be able to see clips from the cellar and from the store and from the Hollywood Improv. And it's it's really good raw footage. And I love who they got for this thing. It's really cool. I mean, I it's so funny. We have so much content with Jerry Seinfeld now, and I can't get enough of him talking about stand-up comedy. I, re- I really love watching... I, I could watch Jerry Seinfeld talk about stand-up comedy for a hundred hours. Like I said, I've already, I've seen comedians 70 times and I, I'm so happy that we have this now. He covers this thing so well. They, they get comics who love stand-up comedy, which is something I really like. And most, you'd think most comedians love stand-up comedy, but these are people who Jerry Seinfeld doesn't need to do this anymore. Same with like Judd Apatow, but they both are so in love with comedy and I, I really love it. The doc is broken up into a bunch of segments. I like, like starting out, bombing relationships uh depression it's it's all these categories and they cover a bunch of different comics we have so much content already with jerry seinfeld but i can't get enough especially content with him talking about stand-up comedy he just loves it so much and you can tell from the fact that he's still doing it and still talking about it he doesn't need to and he just has such a love for it and passion for it and he's probably the best at talking about it in all reality no matter how you feel about him i think he's the best at talking about stand-up comedy his episode of comedians in cars getting coffee with eddie murphy if you haven't seen it i'd say it's a must watch because they talk about the history of comedy and they started around the same time and it is 
in my opinion, the history of comedy. It's it's so good if you're a comedy nerd. It's 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 really important. And also his documentary. So I I've seen the documentary comedian probably 70 times and that's not an exaggeration because when I first started doing stand up, I found the DVD of it of uh of it at my local movie store. Man, I'm old as shit. It sounds like um but I, I watched it so many times because it shows him starting over comedy with a new act completely from scratch. And it shows how hard it is. And it's kind of nice to see someone as big as him working it out and struggling. And he's he's just brilliant with it. And I watched it so many times because I thought that it would you know, rub off on me. I, th- I thought I could pick something up new from it each time. And I think I did. But man, I am so jealous of comics who are starting around now with all the podcasts they have and this documentary too, man, because it goes so in depth and you get even more out of Jerry Seinfeld, which I love. There's a lot of parts with him in it and I'll just read you a couple of things. I'm not going to play any clips from him on it, but you got to watch this doc to see him talk about it. It's, it's really fun, but he talks about the four levels of comedy. This is what I like about this documentary is I felt like I picked stuff up from it that, Normally in these docs, I feel like they're for people who are brand new to comedy or just comedy nerds. I felt like even as a comic who's been doing this for a while, I got something out of it. I liked this thing he talked about, that there's four levels of comedy. One is making your friends laugh. Two is making a stranger laugh. Three is making strangers laugh for money, which is as high as you really need to get and as high as most people get in this business and four is making people laugh and then they talk like you which i'd never heard somebody put that into words like that and it's so true it's your favorite comics are the ones you begin talking like you hear so many people talk like john mulaney now for a while we heard people talk like david tell it's if you really love a comedian you start to talk like them and that's when people start to do theaters and stuff dane cook was like that it's it's really interesting I also like this thing he talks about with hard work, which is something I appreciate, which he, he said that he heard or he saw an article that was like, it's easier now than ever for comedians to reach their fan base without without working as hard. So it's I don't think it's in those words. And you can tell he's coming at it already kind of grumpy. But at the end of the day, all of comedy is hard work and what makes a great joke usually is work. And he talks about obsessing over material and that's how he, how he writes and you can see it. I, I really love this thing he says where it's, he says it's like you have a mental problem and I love that cause that's basically what a joke is. And you see that in comedian where he's going through this bit about uh, a think tank and you get to watch him work it out in real time. And it is a joke is having a mental problem because you have to work it out and you can't stop thinking about it. You go to sleep thinking about it. It is a mental issue uh, until you figure it out. I, I just love it. Um, Judd Apatow is another person in this who you can tell loves comedy so much. And I, I love him. I'm, I'm a huge Judd Apatow fan. And I, I love how much he loves comedy. And you can see it. One of my favorite scenes of all time in television is in the show Freaks and Geeks. Judd Apatow has this scene where one of the kids comes home from school. He's had a tough day. His, I think the gym teacher or something like that is dating his mom. And he's really fucking bummed out. And no one's home. And he puts on the TV and he just watches stand up. And it's this beautiful montage where for this little bit of time, he's just lost in it. And he's happy and he's like laughing. And it, just, it really resonated for me. 
and it's it's a love letter to stand up. I feel like I, I, it's it's really fun to watch these guys talk about this stuff. Like while while a lot of docs cover the basics, like you have to get into open mics, you have to write all the time, and you have to find your voice. I like that this doc does a great job at elaborating on that. There's this moment where David A. Arnold is talking about telling jokes you think the audience will like, which I think is a lot of how comics start out is you just look at an audience and go, I wonder what will make them laugh versus you just doing you and being funny. And I think that that's a big level jump in comedy that I don't think a lot of people talk about. This is another thing that's great about this documentary is they talk about something and then you see it happen in real time. And this is a great moment of it. Theo Vaughn is great in this. Here is the clip. A lot of comedians spend a lot of time doing what they think the audience is going to think is funny. But when you start doing what you know to be your truth, and just because I'm a funny guy telling it to you, now it's a whole different ballgame. Because now I control it. Because whether you laugh or not, it doesn't affect the way I tell you this story. Because it's my truth. You know what I'm saying? And that's the difference uh, between, to me, you know, telling jokes and doing stand-up comedy. Hurricane coming up, bruh. Bring it on, dude. If I go to heaven, bruh, I'm good. You know where we're going, man? Cheers, bro. Appreciate it, yep. Have a good day. So right now, I'm taking a lot of stories from my childhood. You know, it's funny because I used to really hate my childhood. It's kind of one of the things that just brought me like a lot of depression, probably like in most of my 20s was just leftover feelings from my childhood. But now I'm able to really mine my childhood for things and, and turn them into joy. People laugh at them and then it makes me feel different about yeah. them. Yeah. The truth of my childhood is almost rewritten in these bits and it makes it, you know, not as painful or not as, uh, just not as much of a hitch in, in, in who I am. Our town was just poor black and poor white, you know? Um, so I hear a lot about white privilege, and I'm just like, fuck, man. <laughs> Missed that. <laughs> I mean, I knew some motherfuckers with sweaters. <laughs> but I was two tank tops in the winter, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and my black friends would get on to me, man. They'd be like, look what you did to us, man. Look what you did to us. I'm like, dude, do you think I would do all that shit and move right next door, bro? <laughs> now, we gonna split these plums or not, man? Okay, that was Theo Vaughn and David Arnold. I, I love that Theo Vaughn clip so much and him talking about changing the narrative of his childhood with jokes. And there's a lot of talk like that in this. Beth Stelling does some of this talk, and I, I just love it because I think it's so true. I, I felt that very sharply with my own comedy, which is that when I was able to talk about stuff like my dad leaving and dying and stuff uh, on stage, I started to feel like a much better comic. And I it also changes the way you view yourself and the story. You You can change how you view things with comedy and I think that's a really important part of it and not just not just doing it but hearing it I remember as a kid hearing jokes I, I remember Christopher Titus 
had a lot of stuff about his uh, his like alcoholic dad, and it really changed how I saw things. It made it feel more normal, and I just I just love comedy like that. And there's plenty of that in this documentary. Now, when people talk to you about comedy, specifically like after shows or online, a lot of it is asking how to start out. So much of it is just, what do I do? And almost any comic will tell you, it's just go to an open mic. Just go and do it. Write your set out and just go do it. And it's it's so hard because people want another answer, I think. But at the end of the day... That's it. And there's a great clip of Tommy Davidson, Carol Liefer, Owen Smith, and uh, Dave Attell giving advice. They're, they're talking about this exact thing. So I'm going to play that clip for you guys. This is Dave Attell, Tommy Davidson, Carol Liefer, and Owen Smith. Every comic has started with that open mic night, taking your name out of a hat. You're that anonymous person that comes up on stage that nobody knows what you did. It's like, yeah, Tommy Davidson next. Joey Cannoli? Is that right? You don't know anything. You don't know any of the rules. You don't know shit about the business. All you want to do, you have a clear objective. You have something you wrote down and you want to make these people laugh. That's all you want to do. I told a girl I work with once that she had pretty eyes and she filed a sexual harassment complaint against me. It's not like I went up to her and said, you have pretty eyes. Can I have them? You have to have a knack for it because it's so difficult. Um. And so <laughs> gut-wrenching and ball-busting that if you don't have a knack for it, it's not a good line of work because you know, you have to suck to get good. There's no way around it. I fucked that whole thing up, so I'm gonna just leave. <laughs> With stand-up, you can't practice. You have to learn the form from having been exposed to it. I'm killing it the open mic. <laughs> Bombing. It's a lot of work. It's a lot. And if you don't put the work in, it just is not gonna happen. There's no shortcut. You have to get on stage a lot. Every new comic always asks you about, how do you get started? And then you'll tell them to go to an open mic. And what should I do? I go, tape your shows and then listen to it. And that's how I kind of learned what a joke is, where I'm bombing, where I'm doing okay, how to make a joke tighter and better. And then they'll go, and what should I talk about? And I'm like, well, wait a minute. Do you want to be a comic? I mean, who's forcing you into this? All right, that was David Tell. I love that line from Mattel so much where it's like, what do I talk about? <laughs> and it really is. If that's something you really do have to figure out as you go. I love this thing that I heard Kyle Kinane say once about starting out because there's a lot of comics you'll see try to do a little too much maybe when they're starting and they try to take on take down society or be like very offensive or something on stage. And I heard Kyle Kinane say first. Uh, first you should go to the grocery store and write five minutes and that will help you learn. And I, I don't want to put words in his mouth because maybe he feels differently now, but I heard him say that maybe six, seven years ago and it really affected me, which is when you're starting out, just get on, f figure out how to make things funny in your voice as you go. And I, I think that that's helpful. Go to the, gro gro 
go to the grocery store basically means write something simple and relatable because if you go to the grocery store and see like a box of Reese's Puffs or whatever and write a joke about it, everybody knows what you're talking about. And it's it's going to be simple. I like that a lot. Another thing this documentary does a good job of covering is bombing. I, I think that this gets talked a lot about when comedy is talked about, especially in documentaries. And when people are asking about comedy, I think one of the biggest questions they have is, what's your worst bomb? What, is, what are your fears about comedy? What's it like to bomb? How do you recover from a bomb? What's What makes you bomb? You know? And I think while a lot of documentaries cover this and a lot of comedians talk about this and podcasts talk about this, I'm talking about it right now, this documentary does a good job of it and they show it in real time. They show someone having a weird set and you can tell it's kind of a drunk audience and I really appreciated that they had the footage and it just happened to work out that there's this shitty audience and they show uh, my friend, the hilarious Mia Jackson, talking about her pre-show rituals, Keenan Ivory Waynes talks about how the audience can smell fear, the differences. There's a, there's a part I don't think that's in this clip I'm going to play you where they're talking about how if you look at the crowd and you're worried about them, that you're already kind of fucked. And I, I liked that a lot. But uh, this is a clip of my friend Mia doing a set. I can't tell where this is, but it's it's really good. And then Tommy Davidson, Coco Brown, Keenan Ivory Waynes, and uh, Jessica Kearson come on and, and say some other stuff about bombing. Gary Shandling has a, a great moment in this as well, but this is going to be a long clip of Jessica Kearson handling a crowd that has been shitty to Mia, and I, I just love it. So rare footage to see, but you get to see it in this documentary, and you can hear it right here. Here is Mia Jackson and Jessica Kearson. So do you have any pre-show rituals? Um, my pre-show ritual is panic, usually. Just a lot of a lot of panic, a lot of... Um, you know, these jokes work, don't they? Or is this stupid? Is this ridiculous? Why did I write this? And then I start questioning my whole life, and then I just go, do I need to go update my resume again and get a real job again? No, I like my car, though. I like it because um, a few years ago, I got into a car accident and my car got totaled. But it was fine because I ended up getting a brand new addiction to Vicodin. And, um, <laughs> what the fuck is, who is talking? Is that you? Who is talking? Who, what, who, who, is it you? Oh, what the fuck is going on? What's it feel like when you're starting out to be heckled? To be heckled is, um, something that you are not prepared for. Like, cause in your head, you're like, I'm going on stage and I'm making people happy. And then there's somebody in the front row that's like, you're not making me happy, bitch. We were talking about my, um, what is, every time I get, it's just so loud. I don't understand. All right, anyway. To bomb as a comic, it can happen any night. Whether the words are not together, the premise is not right. You could have gotten a standing ovation in eight cities and bombed the next night. It, do, it doesn't work like that. It's not a guarantee that you're going to win. You may say something, see, you're at risk. You're at risk of losing people. Because you can say something that'll lose someone who's with you. So the guys with the chick, you know, she's hot. 
right? And he's, ha, ha, you are, ha, woo, this guy. And you can say, I love redheads. And you go, ha, yeah, is that fucking right? You know what I mean? And, and, and so he's gone. And the next thing I know, it was like, it was like a hurricane of booze came at me. You know, when booze are so bad that they can levitate you. <laughs> you, you know, okay, here's when it hurts. When a beautiful woman sitting in the front row is going, boo! You're just like, wow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, and there would be times I would bomb so badly. And I one time sat in my car for like 15, 20 minutes. I couldn't, I couldn't move. I was like paralyzed from the experience I just had. It was horrible, right? I never forget this guy goes, get to the joke! <laughs> And in the middle of my set, he was like, come on, man, get to the joke. I was like, I don't know where it is. So. <laughs> you can either quit or you can take whatever you are supposed to learn from this horrible set and try and get uh, better. See, what did you do wrong? What did you do wrong? What did you do wrong that wasn't in tune with who you really are? Hi guys, how are you? Good, I heard there was some tension. I'm so excited. I heard a comic was told to shut the fuck up, which is so amazing because none of you could do this. Do you understand that? I always say, sometimes I say when it's a hard crowd or it's you know a little rowdy, like I'm in a war. Now, I could give a fuck how this goes. Let me just point that out right away. Um, I really mean that. I actually hope it doesn't go well because I have chips in the car that I want to fuck my face with and blame you. The only thing that's gotten me as good as I am now is being on stage live with audiences because I can handle literally any situation. I have had bottles thrown at my head. And I feel the tension. I feel like some of you are scared. Like, I don't know what to do. I'm just like, I don't want a confrontation. Like, that's what's going through some of the white women. Trust me. Are you sleeping? Are you, you're okay? <laughs> the only time I ever learn, honestly, and get better is when it's difficult. There's so many things I'm saying that no one's laughing at, and it's making me horny. I swear to God. It's making me horny to look at some of your dumb faces. Like, I don't get it. It's, it's making me so grateful for my education. And now, I just, you needed to be, you needed, like, I felt like you guys needed to be fucked hard. You need, you need it. You're like, you needed to break open. Keep in touch. I'm Jessica Carson. Thank you so Like I said, that is great footage, and that is the perfect example of the kind of annoying crowd thing that can happen where it's like she just Mia can hear this annoying little bug in the audience kind of it's just a a little clamoring and that is so much of what heckling is a lot of people think of heckling as somebody yelling out like you suck but so much of it's just somebody kind of drunk talking being annoying and they don't even realize that they're a problem it's just fucking annoying and i'm really glad they captured this and then there's the guy who yells out speed up or whatever and i love that uh how mia handles it but i also love jessica kirsten coming on and just drilling a hole in their fucking asses it, it feels so good to see that and she's just such a monster if you haven't watched jessica kirsten shit she has an hour on comedy central you can check out i believe presented by a one bilber um check that out and then gary shandling's 
quote there is the perfect explanation of what it feels like to bomb, which is, I, I believe the line is, uh, find out what you did wrong that wasn't in tune with who you really are. And that's the most beautiful way I've ever heard somebody describe bombing. And it's not even necessarily bombing. It's sometimes just on stage you have a moment where you say something that isn't you, and that is truly the worst feeling that you can have. And I think it comes from some sort of anxiety makes you say something that you think the audience will respond to. I've done it myself. I've said nasty things to people on stage that I'm like, that is not me at all. And that's way worse of a feeling than bombing. And I loved how he put that into words. The last thing I'll talk about here, and I'm not going to play a clip for it, but uh, there's a great moment. One of my favorite segments in this documentary is where they talk about love and relationships. And it's not just romantic relationships. They talk about how this thing can affect your relationship with your family. And I think it's really interesting, and I don't think they talk a lot about that in other docs that I've seen, other than obviously people get a little tired. Spouses get a little tired of you being gone on the road, but I like how they talk about how, I believe it's Gina Brian talks about how this is the longest relationship you'll have, your relationship with stand-up, and it's abusive, and it's, it's tough, but you can't give it up. And I really like how she talks about she talks about how most of her relationships have ended over stand-up comedy. I can tell you that is so true for most comedians that some reason for some reason stand-up comedy has played some role in almost every breakup I've ever had since I started it because whether you're just distant or distracted or you're hanging out with comedians too much or you're on the road too much, there's something about it that is makes relationships so hard, and it's why a lot of comedians date each other. But I, th- I think it's a good insight into what it's like to be a comedian in a relationship. But also, it deals with something that I find very interesting, which is comedians with families talking about their families. And there's a great moment with Burt Kreischer talking about his family, d- doing something he, he says he hasn't done before and that it seems pretty spontaneous. And it feels really honest in the moment where he straight up just asks his children how they feel about his stand-up and him talking about them and him being on the road and it's really emotional and nice and it's interesting and there's a lot of moments like that in this documentary i hope you guys watch it i thought it was really good this is stand-up it comes out this sunday at 10 p.m i hope you guys have enjoyed this walkthrough of it but there's so much more left that i did not talk about and didn't cover like i said this thing has such a star-studded cast like i said seinfeld chandling tiffany haddish which we didn't play anything from i don't think cedric the entertainer maria bamford taylor tomlinson dl hewley jim norton this thing is star-studded it's 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 really good and i couldn't even begin to touch it with uh with what i covered on this show so This was a teaser. I hope that you guys check out the real thing. And if you can't watch it this Sunday, which it airs at 10 p.m. on Comedy Central, 9 p.m. Central, Sunday, April 12th. If you miss it then, you can also see it on cc.com. That's Comedy Central's website, obviously. Uh, You can see it without a password, April 28th through June 27th. So if you miss it now, you can catch it again in a few weeks for free on the Comedy Central website with no login required, April 28th through June 27th. And again, the documentary is called This Is Stand Up. Uh, I I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. If you like this show, uh, like it, subscribe to it. Leave a little rating and review, why don't you? Uh, it's it's I don't read those, but uh, I do appreciate them, especially nice ones since uh, since the takeover and stuff. 
And uh, if you want stand-up comedy advice or suggestions, talk about stand-up comedy, whatever, I don't give a shit, hit me up. Uh, I'm at Tom Takar or at Tom A. Takar, whatever, T-H-A-K-K-A-R. I've gotten a bunch of messages already. And I, honestly, during this time of quarantine, I love sharing comedy with people and I love sending you guys stuff. So if you if you have advice you want or if you if there's something you want to show me, send it over. It's uh it's Tom A. Takar on Twitter and uh, I think Tom Takar on Instagram. Either way, this is stand up. All right. Thank you guys. Have a good one. Bye. This has been a Comedy Central podcast. Hey there, it's Michael Costa from The Daily Show on Comedy Central. Ever wonder what happens behind the scenes or want to catch some extended interviews? Well, now you can. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition podcast for full episodes, extended content, and a whole lot more. The Daily Show, Ears Edition is available wherever you get your podcasts.